Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. And this is kind of a unique one, Michael. We uh, actually, when we when we did the two episodes of uh, the NFC North and the AFC South, we didn't take the questions. We didn't answer the questions that the that the listeners and viewers sent in. So we're going to take this time to answer questions and talk some football with the fans. This is what I love more than anything else. I love this part more than anything else. When we have an opportunity to get together with the fans and actually talk football with the fans. So let's let them rip and let's talk some ball. Right. We've got about 20 minutes, right? So this is on on screen, on, on podcast. Yes, we will get some questions in two seconds. But as of right now, this podcast is going out on a Monday morning. The video is going out on a Monday night. So hi, everyone. Thanks for listening and watching. We both really massively appreciate it. Um, the questions that we're going to answer or, or talk about are on previews. Um, we've got the NFC North preview on Wednesday and the AFC South preview on Friday, so you can listen to that there as well. It's my fault for the questions. Before we get the questions, anything in the league you want to talk about? As of right now, as of Sunday, day of recording, still no uh, situation with DeAndre Hopkins. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. And I, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Apparently, Aaron Rodgers rejected going to the Patriots. Um, he said to his agent, no, we ain't playing for New England. We want to be a Jet. If you are Mac Jones, Jeff, what are you thinking right now? Well, it depends on how... I, it depends on how much maturity Mac Jones has. Hey, listen. And I say this to our players. I say this to our players every year. And... It's true. You know, we're in a meeting. We're in a big meeting room, right, where you got 100 players in training camp. And, you know, I just ask them, I say, all right, fellas, I want you to look at the back of the chair in front of you, right? And they all look at me like I'm completely out of my mind. And I said, and then I take the chair. I always have a chair up on the, when I do it, I always have a chair up on the on the podium. And I spin it around. And I said, what do you, what's, what do you see on every one of these chairs? What do you notice is similar on every one of these chairs in this in this meeting room? All 100 or 150 or whatever there are. And they, and they can't give you an answer. And then I, and I say, this is pro football. Nobody has their name on their chair. Nobody owns that chair. There was somebody sitting in it before you got here. There'll be somebody sitting in it when you're out of here. And the only way you stay in that chair is by producing because it's a production-oriented business for us as coaches, for you as players. So the longer you can stay in that chair, right, the better for you financially, for your family, for everything. How do you stay in that chair? You stay in that chair by producing every day, right? And that's what pro football is, right? It's not like any other job. You don't get tenure. You don't get, you know, I mean, there are a few guys that have guaranteed contracts and, you know, but Anybody can be gone at any time. Bill Belichick knows that. So Mac Jones, if you're a mature kid, you say, yeah, they're trying to improve their football team. I got to go out and prove it. I got to go out and prove it every day. You have to prove it in this business. This is a prove it business. You have to prove it every single Sunday, every single Thursday night, every single Monday night. Whenever it is you play, you have to prove it. A couple of ones quickly. I obviously started the week. We we are a little bit of the lull of the off season, and I, I, I might as well say this because you do talk about it on the on on the NFC North preview or deep dive, Jeff. We're we're waiting to see who's going to get hard knocks. We, we were talking about it previously. 
I want the Lions to run it back. That, that that's what I want. There is actually a question on the Lions. Good, good. Uh, some way, Tony Wheat, who is from Drogheda in Ireland, and Tony DM'd us listening to the Washington Commanders one last week. Thanks for all your analysis and feedback, Tony. I'd read it out, but it was it was long, so I, I appreciate it, mate. I know Jeff does as well. Are the Lions being overhyped? That's a big question. Well, to ask. Well, and I want to say, Tony, Tony, I I, I agree with your a lot of your uh, evaluation of where the Commanders are. I know you're a big commander fan and uh you know i'm hopeful for you i'm hopeful for you and your organization but let's talk about the lions i think the lions and and we said this on if you if you have not listened to the nfc north breakdown the deep dive that we did wednesday the biggest thing that's going to happen with the lions and the thing that can sometimes be extremely disruptive and divisive in your football stat or in your football team is when the expectations start to raise. When you go from being a team that people will overlook to a team that people say, Ooh, we better have our A game to play these guys. The reality of it is, can the Lions handle a situation that has not been in Detroit for a long, long time? where there are expectations, where people are saying, you're going to win the division. Well, that's that's garbage because you don't know anything. You win the division by winning today, by winning tomorrow, by winning this week. And I think the Lions can withstand that because I think Dan Campbell has developed, a, and I hate this term, but it's a football coaching term, I think he's developed a culture inside the building at Detroit that will stand up to expectations and criticism because when the expectations get raised, what also gets raised? The level of criticism that you take. And so those things are those things are best insulated by having a great culture in your building and I think the Lions have that. Um I want to talk about Mike Evans in a wee second, but we'll, we'll, we'll get a couple more questions in here. First one's from Rory. Rory is from Ashburn. I don't know if you've seen the preview for the quarterback show that the NFL is doing with Netflix, Jeff. It's out in the middle of July. There's a screenshot where it shows the plays, the amount of plays. And I'm putting my phone up to the screen here now. And Rory was like, you know, it's very interesting to see how a quarterback visualizes the plays. You, know, you expect that all coaches are over this, but how much are the quarterbacks actually involved in that from a planning perspective? Are, are, are they just given a book or how much are they actually involved in that? Well, I think it, that varies by quarterback, right? And when you have a veteran, when you have an Aaron Rodgers, when you have a Pat Mahomes, when you have a guy who's been around, he's going to have more say because he's earned that, mm. right? Even the young ones, however, are the amount of information that a quarterback has to be able to process is far more than any other player on the football team because not only does he have to know his job and his reads, he has to know the reads of the receivers, the protections, he, you know, he has to know the entry points, he has to know all of it. And then he has to know defense on top of it. So it's a vast amount of information that they have to be able to process. It's not just the plays the sheer number of plays because sometimes they'll go into a they'll go into a game with hundreds of plays in the in the ready sheet hundreds of them and then you have to know the philosophy and 
what the design of the play is intended to do. And then how you read it, what the defensive reaction will be typically to that. All So a quarterback spends more time in the meeting room than anybody on the football team. They're usually the first ones in the building and the last ones out. They get a tremendous amount of information at home, whether it's by fax or whatever, you know, communication devices that they have. Typically, the team will, you know, give the quarterbacks additional, you know, whether it's a computer or whatever they're using so that at, they can study at home, right? Because it's so much information and it's so much to process and it's so much to be able to get out in 45 seconds where you're, or 40 seconds between plays and you've got to get the play from the sideline. You got to call it into the, you know, to your teammates in the huddle. You got to go to the line of scrimmage. You got to process the pre-snap look. You got to take the snap. You got to process the post-snap look and you got to complete the play. It is very, very difficult. That's why in my mind, it's the most difficult position to play in all of sport. Is there anything else in the league at the minute that's taking your fans here? Or anything that you expect to happen over the next few days and weeks? Or is it the big time lull at the minute? No, I don't, you know, and I, I don't look at it as a, a lull. I just think it, we're at a point where um, real soon OTAs and mini camps will be coming to a close. The players are going to go on their little vacation. The coaches will get the two weeks off that they get now. And I think the D Hop saga and, you know, Dalvin Cook, those are, those are the, to me, the latest stories because you're talking about while these guys are, quote, older players, you're still talking about elite talents that could energize any football team they go to and where those guys end up is is intriguing still. I've got one on the Pro Football Ireland Discord from members uh, from Meager. Uh, Jared, I think it is. He's a long-suffering Bears fan. So sorry I didn't put us on the Bears podcast uh, for the NFC North. But you know, how far away do you really think the Bears are? Do you agree with the, the moves that Poles has made? I know you spoke about it a bit on that podcast, but do you, do you feel like they're very far away or do you feel like they've got a wee bit closer? Well, I think, I think first let's look at Poles. I think Poles came into a bad situation in Chicago. The roster was aging. It was, you know, and he's turned it over. He's churned the roster. I think he's done a good job this offseason. I thought he did extremely well in the draft and with trades to bolster a football team that needed a lot of work. When you talk about the Bears, I, I just to me, so much of it's going to come down to how much Justin Fields can improve as a passer, not as an athlete, because we've seen he's a he's a he's a tremendous he's an elite level athlete at that position. So that's not in question. What's in question is how much are the guys that they brought in around him going to improve, right? Him. And how much better is he going to be with another year of coaching, with another year of OTAs, with another year of minicamp? And again, just like the last question that we took about quarterbacks, you know, processing information, you got to understand the, the jump that you have to make at that position between college and pros is. I mean, it's inc- it's almost astronomical because not only are the, you know, you're, you're talking about hundreds of plays in the ready list and all the, you know, adjustments off of all those plays and the audibles and check with me's and all of it. Now you have to go against defenses 
that are much, much, much more complex and much harder to read. Um, you know, the reality of it is a college player, and I think this is maybe something that fans don't even know, that a co- you're only allowed 20 hours a week with your players in college football now, right? You're only allowed to have them for 20 hours a week. Well, you can't be very complex on 20 hours a week, right? So now these guys become grown men and they go to they go to pro football and it's a job. You're in the building at 6:30 in the morning. You don't get out of the building until after five in the evening. So you're putting in an eight-hour day, a 10-hour day sometimes, just in the building, much less what work you do at home. So now what was a 20-hour part-time job as a college kid turns into a full-time 50 hour, 60 hour a week job as a pro. And so it is a big, big jump on both sides of the football. You you have put that into, like, you, you must have the script in front of you here because I haven't told you the script or what we're talking about. Russell Wilson has just done what you've been talking about. Now, he put this on Twitter the other day All My Life Restoration Season, where he's putting a video up of him basically exercising. I will say he looks a lot leaner. He does look like he's been working out a lot. Do you think players should just shut up and get on with it and not tell people what they're at and just come in in, this, in, in September and ball out? Or are you, are, you, are, you, are you old school like that? Or do you think it's all it's all game? No, I think, you know, I get it. I mean, I get, I get the, you know, they're constant. Here's the thing that I understand is that now what the players and the agents and the players business people and all you know assistants and you know that they're all telling that kid you gotta push your brand you gotta market yourself you gotta you know you're again you're only gonna be in this business for a short time you gotta make as much money as you can you gotta put yourself out there and all of that's true i mean that's true i mean i can't deny it but i do think it goes way too far sometimes because I'm really not interested in watching what Russell Wilson does in the offseason. His, his, that stuff to me is just promotional video, right? That's what it is. I mean, whether it's him or Derrick Henry or who, it doesn't matter, right? It, it, it just to me, it's there's a, there's a saying in, uh, there's an ancient saying that the greatest warriors, right? The greatest warriors do their work in silence, right? And mm-hmm. so I think there's a lot to be said for that because, you know, who, who are you trying to impress? You're not impressing me. I see that all the time. I watch it every day, right? Now, if you're trying to impress some, you know, company that you want to endorse products for or you're trying to, you know, for your, your uh, motivational speaking tour in the off season, or, you know, I don't know. What trips to Monaco? Yeah, for, for me, it's just, hey, listen, you're a pro. That's what your job is, to get ready, right? Mm. Well, just finally, before we wrap up, Ed, this is being recorded on Sunday. Before you guys play tonight in the CFL, we'll all be in our laba. Maybe not. I have to go, I have to go to work tomorrow, so I, I can't. I, I want to sit up and watch it, but obviously we'll not be able to look into a, a crystal ball and see what happens tonight by the time this goes out, but just... How's, how's everything going? Uh, uh, Jeff, obviously fans internationally can watch the games on CFL Plus online and on 
their fire TV, etc. They, they can literally get more access than ever before. How have you found it? It's, it must be, it's it's familiar territory to you, but it's still different to what you were doing last year. Well, I think it's really, I think it's good that the, the league, first of all, for the league, the the exposure that we're getting now, internationally, globally, is is important for the game. I mean, we have, you know, every team's dressing two global players. We have an Australian and, and a Samoan kid playing for us. I think you're you're seeing players from all over the country, all over the world now, playing in this league, and that and and this is an exciting brand of football. For far too long, it was kept secret. It was basically Canada's little plaything. And what I think people see now when they watch the games, it's a tremendous games. It's a great game. There's a tremendous amount of ways to score. Uh, they're great athletes in this league, um, and there's passionate fans in this league. And all that's being exported now around the globe through you know the internet and cbs sports tv which carries our games in the united states and you can pick it up you know like you say on fire tv and some of the other uh formats so it's it's i think it's a great time to be in pro football of any sort usfl the xfl the nfl the cfl it's it's all you know as they say it's all gravy it's all gravy baby um yeah look Less than 12 weeks of the season now continues success regardless of what happens on Sunday night. Very, very best of luck over the next few weeks, Jeff. Um, thanks to everyone that's been listening to these podcasts, been interacting. Uh, charted in the top eight in Ireland this week in the top 40 of football and American football podcasts in the UK. Flying, Jeff. Thanks to everyone for listening and supporting. It's been good fun. We, we talk about the NFC North on Wednesday, the AFC South on Friday, and next week, Jeff, NFC West, AFC East. That's going to be a hell. Hopefully... If Hopkins does go to the Patriots, we find out by the weekends. So we can talk about that on that. Get the questions in, folks. Jeff, um, relax, I- I enjoy this game this week, and um, yeah, season. I appreciate it, and I want to say thank you too, Mike, to everybody that does listen and watch, and and all the fans out there. We have a tribe of people around the globe who love football and love talking football, and you know, for us, it's it's a labor of love to be able to come to you each week and and. Uh, talk about the greatest game on earth absolutely folks please do like share subscribe to get the word out to continue to grow this we, we massively appreciate it Jeff chat to you soon my friend alright I love Armand brother